0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's Jessica. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Extraordinary Moms podcast today. It means so much to be sharing this hour with you. Thank you to everybody that's been sharing the show. We've had so many people sharing and it means so much. And for people that have been leaving reviews, it really, really helps. I want to highlight one of our very special reviews that somebody left recently. Longborn fam says, love listening to this podcast. Jessica does an amazing job of selecting guests and asking interview questions everybody can relate with. It is a perfect pick-me-up advice and inspiration. Love it. Oh, thank you so much for that comment. I really do try to find guests that I personally would want to hear from and learn from and be inspired by. And so I hope that if you're like me, you're wanting to hear from these same types of people. I want to thank our show sponsor, Canvas People. You'll be hearing more about them later in the episode, but I want to thank them for their support of The Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Today I have an awesome, awesome episode for you. It is with Jody Moore. Someone asked me recently, "Jessica, do you listen to the Bold New Mom Podcast hosted by Jody Moore?" And I said, "No, I haven't heard of that one. I'm going to give it a try." And it is awesome. And then I found out she actually trained under Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School, who I talk about all the time. And I was so excited because it's just more of that same amazing, inspirational, life coaching type content. In another podcast. So today we're talking motherhood with Jodi. We're going to talk about the people she coaches, about her motherhood journey. She is just fascinating. And I know that you're going to learn so much from her. We're talking about common pitfalls that she comes across for people. And so perhaps you might fall in one of these camps and learn something today. So let's get to it with Jodi Moore. All right. I want to welcome Jodi Moore to the show. Hi, Jodi.
1: Hi, Jessica. So nice
0: to have you here this morning.
1: Thank you for having me. Where am
0: I speaking to you from today?
1: I live up in Spokane, Washington with my family. Oh,
0: wonderful. I've actually never been to that part of Washington, but I've heard it's beautiful.
1: It is beautiful right now. In March... When the winter's lingering.
0: It's a little dreary. I may have a different story, but
1: it is. It's
0: beautiful here. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I just want to tell you, I have so been loving your podcast, The Bold New Mom. Good job.
1: Thank oh, thank you.
0: We are kind of on a similar path with how many episodes we've put out and how long we've been doing it. So isn't it just so fun getting to just talk and ramble about things that you're really passionate about?
1: Seriously, I'm a talker. I always have something to say. So yes, it is fun to just be able to share share things that help me, but yeah, put it out there in the world. Technology is pretty amazing nowadays, isn't it?
0: It is. It is. And I just love that even just you and I having this conversation this morning, now we can share it to other people who may also benefit. I just think it's super beautiful. So for people that may not know you or may not be a current listener, they will be after this. But can you just give a little background on who you are, Jody?
1: yeah so jody moore i am a mother of four children um my youngest is almost two my oldest is 11. and i'm a certified life coach so i work with moms um who many of my clients are stay-at-home moms although not all of them but moms who want to find more fulfillment and more happiness amidst um just the job (laughs) that comes along with being a mom and Mm -hmm. managing children Um, so we work on mainly building confidence um, up leveling your happiness factor in your life and then creating your future so I get to do that work I I do have like you said a podcast so that's a, a big way that I help people in the world just anyone who wants help Um, But I also run coaching programs and workshops and things like that.
0: I love that so much. And I love that you're really focusing on helping moms because I think one of the things that a lot of people miss out on as a mom is that personal development factor. I think once you become a mom, sometimes we get in a camp where we feel like now you're just in service mode and you're just slaving away for your family and your dreams and your ambitions and your development. And your exercise. All of those things kind of go by the wayside. So I love that you're helping them. And We're going to talk more about the types of people and the types of issues that come up um, with the people that you coach. But like you mentioned, you're also a mom. So will you tell me about motherhood for you? And were you life coaching when you started being a mom? And then how did life coaching kind of impact your motherhood?
1: Okay, sure. Um, No, I was not. I've been a life coach for about four years now. And prior to that, I worked in corporate as a leadership coach. So I did some coaching, but it was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, I I had my first two children back to back. They were only 15 months apart. Wow! And that nearly killed me (laughs) (laughs) emotionally. I just did not handle it well. I was really overwhelmed. I kind of dropped into self-pity of this is so hard. My life is so overwhelming. At the same time, it's what I'd always wanted. I wanted to be a mom. I wanted these children and I loved these children, but I couldn't figure out why I was so unhappy now that I had what I'd Always grown up thinking I wanted. And so, really, in large part, that is how I found life coaching is because of how much I was struggling. I was a corporate trainer, like I said at the time, and so I understood the power of support and tools and development and growth that comes from having a quote unquote job. And, um, once I started working with a coach and, and finding these tools and how they helped me in my own personal life and especially as a mom, that is really the reason why I committed myself to helping moms because especially if you're a stay at home mom, you don't get to go to big corporate retreats and, Mm -hmm. um, and get tools and support and connection and all of that. And so really that's what took me to these tools and I, I found Brooke Castillo, um, who I am certified by she owns the life coach school and I've just immersed myself ever since then in learning the tools and getting them out to other people
0: sure and so motherhood prior to gaining all of these skills and insight was more of of kind of a martyrdom and like a confusion over why is this not fulfilling to me and I think I've felt that way on days I'm sure a lot of people listening can feel that way as well so once mm-hmm. you gain these tools that we're going to talk about and these new insights, How did that change the way you viewed motherhood? How does motherhood look different for you today than it did when you first started out?
1: Well, I think in the beginning, I was trying to put myself into a box of what I thought a good mother should be, Mm. what it looked like around me, and and I had a great mother, so I was trying to emulate the things that she did that I liked, but my strengths and my personality didn't always align with those things, Mm. and so... I kind of felt like, what's wrong with me? I'm not cut out to be a mom. Maybe, maybe, or or to be a good mom anyway. I'm mm-hmm. not cut out for this. Um, you know, my strengths are in other areas. And so, what am I going to do now? You know, how am I going to find happiness and peace? And and I wanted to serve my family. I wanted to take care of them, but I didn't enjoy it. I didn't feel good at it. Like even things like making dinner. I kind of thought, well, once I have a family, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn to love to cook. But I never did love to cook. <laughs> so then I had this guilt about, like, I should be making dinner. I don't want to make dinner. It was <laughs> little tiny yeah. things like that over and over again. That once I found these tools, um, I think what I learned, first of all, is that anything I'm feeling is because of what's happening in my brain. And I learned how to intentionally think about myself and my children and my life the way I want to, instead of just the way my brain naturally will without me Mm -hmm. supervising it, if you will. Mm -hmm. So that was really powerful. And that's work that I do, you know, today with clients. But I also learned that I, my job is to be the, the meest me I can be. So... (laughs) Like I'm supposed to be the Jodiest Jodi that I can be, <laughs> <laughs> and I know that sounds silly, but really, when I embraced that and I realized that if I can leverage my strengths, that's going to serve me and other people in the world, my family or anyone else, far better than trying to make myself into somebody that I'm not.
0: Oh yes, um, yes, yeah. absolutely, and <laughs> the world is truly missing out on when you're not being Jody. Right when when you're not truly speaking your truth, when you're not truly utilizing your talents and the things that really light you up in the way that you're really designed to serve this earth, Mm -hmm. it's missing. It's missing. Nobody else can do it. And so if you're if you're not taking advantage of that, you're squandering that opportunity just because you think you're supposed to be doing it like somebody else. But they're already doing it. So why are we copying? But we we all fall into that. Yes, I love that. So, Brooke's huge thing, and um, what we're going to talk about is thoughts, feelings, actions. Talk about that.
1: Yes, okay. So, uh, thoughts, um, let me just back it up one step. Sure. Circumstances happen first, right? Circumstances yes. are things that happen outside of us that we can't control. Those are just the facts. So, a circumstance may be uh, my child has a report due at school today. Then we have thoughts about the circumstance, Right. Thought and, and the thoughts happen immediately, of course. But right. my child tells me they have a report due at school, we're about to leave for school. I have all kinds of thoughts like, Oh no, this is terrible, we don't have it done. Why didn't he tell me earlier? Um, now he's and then our brains love to run away with thoughts like, Now he's gonna get a bad grade and then he's gonna whatever, and they're gonna think less of me. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, the uh-huh. thoughts are all the meaning that we add to our circumstances, okay? So, even that part alone, Jessica, when I help people just kind of strip it back to like the circumstance is just my child has a report due at school today. The end. It's not good or bad. It's not a problem until our brains add all this thinking and make it a problem.
0: Yeah. Even the worst of circumstances, even a diagnosis that is potentially going to change your life, it's neutral at the point the information comes in. But then your thoughts start going. Okay. Continue.
1: And it's good that we have thoughts. We Mm -hmm. want to add meaning to things. And in the message, sometimes people misunderstood in saying that I'm saying that you should just think positive about everything. Like, I've been diagnosed with cancer. This is great news. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that um, thoughts are what are creating your feelings. Mm -hmm. Like you said, thoughts, feelings, actions, right? Your thoughts are creating your feelings and your feelings are what are driving your action. And sometimes action looks like inaction
0: or Mm. reaction.
1: So if I think, oh, my goodness, this report is due today and this is terrible news, this is a big crisis and everything's going wrong now, then I'm going to feel frustrated and overwhelmed, maybe resentful. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to drive my action next. Now I'm going to either do or not do whatever I'm going to do about this problem from frustration, overwhelm, and resentment. And those emotions never drive my best action. They don't allow me to access creative solutions. They don't allow me to think outside the box. They affect how I show up with my child and in every other way. And so to recognize that, oh, I get to choose how I want to think about this and how I think about it is going to determine what I feel, and how i feel is going to drive my actions. So if i am if i have been diagnosed with cancer, i don't want to be having a dance party celebrating that. That doesn't feel appropriate to me and it's not necessary. I want to be sad about it. I want to mourn it. I want to you know, grieve and be mad and anything else I need to. But then at a certain point, I want to take my best possible action, which would be talking to every doctor possible and trying out every treatment possible, right? And really Mm -hmm. fighting that fight against cancer. And that fight is going to come from feelings like determination, not from feelings like surrender, or whatever else, right? Sure. So, So it, the way you think about your cancer, even, is going to impact what kind of action you take, which of course then determines the result you get.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And this happens literally in every moment of our day, and I think that's what feels so overwhelming, Jody, mm-hmm. is that yeah. literally our thoughts are just rapid fire all day long. And the thing is, if you haven't been engaged in this type of work before, you don't even realize what you're thinking. Or how habitual you're thinking certain things that are really taking away from your life.
1: Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. And that is the power of, I think, working with a coach does not work like this, Mm -hmm. is that we break it down. And you don't have to examine everything that's going on. It's Mm -hmm. just the areas of your life where you're not getting the result you want. Um, A coach shows you yourself and helps you access what those thoughts are because not only, to your point, are they habitual and there's we have 40,000 thoughts a day, Mm -hmm. Um, so there's many of them, but also 80% of those are happening in your subconscious brain or that lower brain. Mm. So they're not even thoughts that we're always aware of. Many times I'm asking my clients, what are you thinking in that scenario? And they say, I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking. So um, it takes some practice and some work to be able to access the thoughts that are there and to examine them. And the other thing I'll just add is that many times when I help my clients start examining them, they're horrified at what they see. They're mm. like, why do I have such negative thoughts? Or why am I so judgmental? And they don't consider themselves a judgmental people, but we all have those thoughts. Our brains think that they're protective. And when you just allow them and just be curious about them, and don't judge yourself for them, that's when you get some leverage over, oh, this is all that's going on. My brain is believing this story which is creating this feeling and driving this action for me. And then it becomes much easier to redirect them and change those patterns.
0: Oh, that is so important to recognize. And I love that you use the word story because it is true that so many of our thoughts, if you really get down deep with them, it's not based upon fact or truth. It is based upon the stories that we are creating surrounding it. Hi guys, I just wanna break into our conversation with Jodi really quickly. Isn't she incredible? Ah, oh, love this conversation so much. I wanted to thank one of our sponsors, Canvas People. I don't know about you, but I love hanging family pictures on the wall, and I love the look of canvas prints. There's lots of options for making canvases, but canvaspeople.com has a very easy to use photo to canvas service that takes your favorite photo memories and turns them into beautiful artwork. I have tons from when my kids were little hanging on the walls that I still look at and just cherish. And holidays are rolling around, there's new photos that you're taking for Christmas cards, Make one into a canvas and hang it on the wall. Don't let your photos just rot in your phone or those professional photos sit on a disc or on your computer. Print it out and create that lasting memory. Normally, an 11 by 14 canvas are priced at $69.99, which I think is totally worth it. But for a limited time offer, you can get one free, free 11 by 14 canvas. You just pay the shipping with the code EXTRA MOM capital E-X-T-R-A, capital M-O-M, and that's all one word. Get your free canvas. I love giving them as gifts as well. Last year, I gave my mom a beautiful family portrait printed on one of these canvases, and she absolutely loved it. And if I was a first-time customer, I could have gotten it for free with that code, EXTRA MOM. So thanks, canvaspeople.com, for sponsoring the show and for creating these memories on my walls. Now let's get back to the show. In marriage, we have a billion stories that we've created about why your husband does something, you know, all the time, and you're thinking he just doesn't care about your feelings when really he just wants to watch the football game, right? Right. And that's the fact, but that's not the thoughts you're thinking. And so by retraining and being aware, well, I don't know, would you use the word retrain or how would you go about reframing the way you think about a thought or replacing it? How do you go through that? So let's say my husband watches a football game. This is actually not a problem. I, I... I like watching football with him, but let's say somebody is really annoyed that their husband is always watching TV on Saturdays instead of helping around the house. Mm-hmm. And I'm really resentful that he's not helping because it means he doesn't love me and he's because he doesn't help. Because that's my right. love language. May not be his, but it's mine. Why isn't he doing it? Mm -hmm. So what do I do?
1: Yeah, excellent example. I coach on this type of thing all the time. So Mm -hmm. the first step is just to recognize, to your point, that this is just a story. And that, like, the higher brain will recognize it, but the lower brain will say, no, listen, you don't understand. Because one of the things our brains do, Jessica, is we collect evidence for our stories. Mm -hmm. And we do this very well. So we collect it in little, the things that we pick up on, right? The subtleties in people's behavior. We don't take in all of the data available to us through our senses all the time. We couldn't possibly. The ones we take in are relevant to us, to the story we've told ourselves. So if I'm telling myself, my husband doesn't love me enough, I'm not important enough to him, that's why he watches football, then the data I'm taking in is evidence that that's true. Okay. So when I say that's just a story, it's not really a fact, they'll say, oh, no. I think it's true because of this, this, and this, and they'll start to lay out all the evidence that they've collected. So the first piece is to really let go of, and and your brain won't always want to, but let go of the idea that that's a fact, Okay. right? Okay. Um, And once we kind of wiggle it loose like that, then we have to find an alternative way to think about it that still feels believable. So... Many of my clients aren't going to be able to go to, he totally loves me. Everything's great. He appreciates (laughs) me. He just wants to watch football, right? But we might go to a baby step thought, which is like from he doesn't love me and appreciate me and this is a problem to, um, it's okay if he doesn't recognize how hard I work. Okay, I recognize how hard I work. I appreciate me. And that's like, so it's, it's kind of even taking the focus off the husband or it could go, it could move to a more curious place. Like I wonder why he likes football so much. I wonder what it is that he needs on Saturday that he gets fulfilled from football. Hmm. So it's kind of just a little bit of a shift even in the story that is going to tell your brain to look for different evidence that will maybe even just feel a little bit more neutral before we get you to that really positive thought. Hmm. Um, So that's kind of the process, but you do have to redirect your brain because to your point, when you say, are we retraining? That's exactly how I describe it because the brain has these neural pathways and um, it's like It's like driving down a road or walking down a trail. And every time you think that thought, you walk down the trail again and again and again until the trail becomes blazed, until it becomes a highway even in your mind. And so when we want to redirect it, now we're starting on a new trail that hasn't been walked on at all. And your brain's not as good at going there. You have to redirect it, redirect it until the old one wears away and you really create a new pathway in your brain.
0: And I love that that creates so much hope for people because you may think you're in a loveless marriage. You may think that you're always going to have a bad relationship with your kids. You may think you're always going to be unhappy in motherhood. We kind of Mm -hmm. nail ourselves down to the ground on some of these truths that we've been repetitively thinking, perhaps for years. But the hope is that just because you've been going down one path, there's not another path Parallel to that, that maybe is unblazed, like you said, but it doesn't mean that you can't start patting down that ground, right? Totally, yeah. Yes. And
1: a more empowering way to think about it too. Sure, Let's say my I'm strong says, enough. Well, yeah. I don't want to help out on Saturdays because I don't think I need to, and whatever, like he flat out says I'm not going to help. Okay. Then my clients are like, so you're saying I should just do everything and that's the end of it. I'm like, I don't know what you should do, but where my brain would go is, okay, I want help on Saturdays. It's not going to come from him. Where am I going to get it? how am I going to get what I need? Okay. I'm going to hire somebody to come in and clean the house. And none of us are going to do that on Saturdays anymore. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I like, like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But a more empowering, like I get to create the result that I want in my life. And some of my clients have husbands that are really mistreating them. And what I want to see them do is create boundaries. And if necessary to leave that marriage, mm. not wanting anybody to allow anyone to mistreat them. Mm. I want you to be empowered and determined and know that you get to create the result in your life oh, in the end.
0: It's true. It's true. Boundaries are huge. Yeah. And and I want to go back to the love language part. So to me, help, him helping out would mean he loves me. To him, right. not helping out does not mean he doesn't love me. And so right. sometimes I'll come to my husband and say, okay, when you aren't looking me in the eye when I'm talking – it means this to me. This is the story I'm telling myself. Is that true? So I've been trying to be way more direct when I think I might be getting misinformation, or I'm trying to point out to him something that is true <laughs> that he's just not even realizing. And that's yeah. been so helpful. It's not combative or defensive. Um, you know, there's been plenty of times where I've held held it well, where I've handled it poorly, and you know, I've been like you are doing this and that makes me feel like this and you're just wrong. And, you know, we have all done that response too. Yeah. But if you're like, okay, this is what I'm seeing. Is that right? Like, do you really not love me? Is that why you're watching football? And he's going to be like, no, that's not true. I just want to relax. Okay, well, is that, right. is that fine? Yeah, that actually is fine. Okay, well, can you help me later? You know, like coming up with solutions instead of just being a toddler about
1: it and being too rigid. Exactly. Well, to your point, communicating with your husband goes a long way. Oh, times, what like, a novelty. Your yeah. communication, right? <laughs> yes. Which is the action, right? right. If we to put this back in that model we were talking about, you communicating with your husband so clearly and peacefully and not coming at him, but just saying when this happens, this is the way I interpret it. Sure. Am I seeing it correctly? Like a neutral, loving conversation like that is coming from your emotion of empowerment, like you have to have some peace and confidence, right, Mm -hmm. to have that conversation. It comes from love for your husband. Um, So all of those useful emotions, which are going to be driven by your thought, like, maybe I don't really know what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could be wrong right? About yeah. this. Let me have a conversation. So that's such a great example of how just a little shift in, in the way you're thinking is going to change your feeling and then change the action in the end.
0: Yes, absolutely. So what are some other common patterns and issues that you find your clients who are mothers and that's our audience here that they're commonly facing and how can you help them to kind of jumpstart resolving some of those things?
1: Um, I would say the one that you brought up is a one we spend a lot of time on Mm -hmm. the things going on with the husband marriage relationship, right? Which is our primary relationship. If you, if you're married Um, and then the other one is worrying about our children. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe similar, maybe it's a relationship with a child or maybe it's worrying about them not getting good grades or something else going on with the child um so we really do a lot of work in again how do you want to think about let's say my child is is failing in school in the, in some subjects at school then that's the circumstance right my child is earning F grades in school. And then we take a look at all the thoughts you have about that and are those thoughts serving you? Mm. So I want to be, as a mom, holding my kids accountable to certain expectations that I have. I want to um, offer them all the tools and resources I can to help them succeed. And I want to teach them the things that I think are important that will help them in life. But that's really the end of what I can do. I can't control them. I They are going to make terrible choices many times. Mm-hmm. They are going to make mistakes. It's part of the experience there's meant to have here on earth. So we spend a lot of time coaching around what is the um, most empowered way for you to think about this and and really separating yourself from taking on your child's um problems or even emotions. So that's the other one if my child is upset, I feel upset or if my mm. child is grumpy, I'm grumpy. That's that's natural for us as moms. So really separating out your child can be grumpy and you don't have to be. Mm. Your child can be worried about something and you don't have to be worried. <laughs> and it serves our children I think far better for us to deliberately choose and manage our own emotions it affects how we show up for them as moms, right? Mm-hmm. If I, if they're worried about something and I'm peaceful and calm and like, I'm not worried about you, you're going to do, do fine and I'm right here and we're going to get through this. It's totally different than me being worried even if I try to hide it. So mm-hmm. it's really with our kids we spend a lot, of time, well, and spend a lot see, of time there.
0: Yeah, you see that at school drop-off too sometimes, right? The timid mm-hmm. child, but then you see the mom also being hesitant to release the child at school and there's kind of that yeah. mutual timidness to release and go to school, right? And that's that's not to say that if your child is clingy and having separation issues, it's your fault, not at all. But you kind of do have to look at yourself and saying, what role am I playing in allowing my child to feel confident in separating from me? Or what could I do differently to build up that confidence in them by showing them, I believe they can do this, they're really strong, they have friends, they're gonna have fun, I'm gonna see them at the end of the day, projecting that makes the separation a whole different vibe, wouldn't you say? Right.
1: Totally. And even to take that to the next level, Jessica, as I tell my clients, well, right now your child wants to be scared. Mm. He or she needs to be scared for a little while. Why is that a problem for you? Mm. Right, As moms, we want them to never be scared because then we don't have to feel bad or feel whatever, right, the hurt. But when you recognize like, oh, right now they want to be and they need to be and I don't have to try to talk them out of it. I don't have to take that away. I don't have to teach them to repress negative emotion and that there's something wrong with feeling scared. I can just say, I know you're scared and it's okay to be scared, honey. I'm not scared for you because I know you're going to have a great day and you're in a safe place Hmm. and I'll see you after school. But if you want to be scared, it's okay to be scared. I think that's such a huge gift that we can give our kids to just allow them their emotions and their experiences.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. I have a son right now that's struggling at lunchtime and he's always going to the nurse every day. Um, Mm. And that's been his He's gotten away with it a couple days in a row. Like, my tummy hurts. But I'm like, well, when is this happening? Right before lunch when he's about to be released on a huge playground, trying to find a seat at the table. Like, I'm sensing a pattern here, you know? And so we've talked through this a lot and saying, I feel nervous sometimes when I'm, you know, trying to find a new friend and I don't know where to sit. That makes me feel nervous. Sometimes my tummy even hurts. But it doesn't mean I need to go to the nurse. It means I need to think – Okay, I'm going to find one friend, or I'm going to do this, or and, and helping them to develop those coping skills. When they see you working through it, they can implement it. They're going to do way more of what we are doing than what we are saying. Right? So they need to see us totally. act, living out those things in our lives.
1: Yeah. And negative emotion is part of being a human. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, for we all just of us. want
0: to save our kids <laughs> yeah. from any any potential pitfall or downfall or failure or bullying. And, and yes, you that's your job as a parent to protect your children, but it's also part of protecting them is building them up so they can protect themselves, right?
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. And isn't it interesting how if you think about it, at least our lower brains, what they think is that our, my child should be born and should um, never get sick <laughs> and should then – be respectful and happy and kind and even as a toddler should listen when I tell them and not make messes Mm -hmm. and then they should go to school and say goodbye and wave and then never have anyone bully them and never struggle with grades and never, you know, like really that's what our lower brain says that everyone should have, especially our kids, should have this perfect easy life and yet logically we know that doesn't make sense. We know that's not how it's supposed to go even. But every time a problem arises, I try to remind myself, like, yeah, this is part of their life and this is part of what's going to strengthen them. And I'm not supposed to fix it all either. I'm Mm -hmm. just supposed to love them, teach them, support them, hold them accountable. That's the end. And they're going to have experiences that are going to be hard. Right. You know?
0: And I've noticed that when their face lights up the very brightest is Mm -hmm. after they've done something hard, after they've proven to themselves, hey, I did it. I went to school and I had a great day. I made a new friend. I, I went to soccer practice and it was super duper hard, but I stayed the whole time. Whatever it is, we have to allow them to prove to themselves they can do it. And I think sometimes we even doubt our own ability to get through hard things. Um, so what would you say to somebody that is working on building up either resilience in their child or resilience in themselves?
1: Well, I like to think about it like lifting weights. Mm. Like, if I want my muscles to get stronger, then I have to lift weights enough times or heavy enough that my muscle breaks down, right? And that's that sore feeling you have the next day after lifting weights. And then the muscle rebuilds itself even stronger. That is how you grow your muscles. And that's the same thing that we're doing emotionally and intellectually. We're building emotional muscle and mental muscle, and our kids are as well. And in order to come back stronger, like what you just described with the confidence or the skills or the tools or the personal empowerment, they have to be broken down. So when we're trying to jump in front of everything and prevent anything too hard, we're not allowing them to lift enough weights to actually break down enough to rebuild stronger.
0: Hmm. I don't so. like lifting weights. <laughs> I
1: know
0: <right? laughs> who does, but who does? But <laughs> because but they're heavy. They're heavy, <laughs> Jody. I don't want to lift weights, but you have. It's life. It's life.
1: Yeah, you may it not is. you may
0: not like it, but you will like feeling stronger, and you will. Like when you go back the next day, feeling that weight, feeling a little bit lighter because you lifted them for weeks before, you know? Yes. Like they do get lighter, (laughs) but they never, the weight never goes away. But they do feel lighter once you've practiced.
1: Totally. And it builds confidence, right? Yeah. To your point, when your child recognizes that was hard and I did it. yeah, It's like somebody who does lift weights, right? Realizes like, yeah, this hurts and yeah, it's sore. And I know in a day or two, I'm going to feel better and I'm going to be stronger. So the we even resist the negative experiences and the pain when if we just allow it, like this is just this part of life, this is the part that's making me stronger, this is going to help me, then the experience becomes actually less painful, even when we're in the midst of it, when we just embrace it and kind of lean into it and allow it.
0: Hmm. Amen. Absolutely. So one thing that I've heard a lot from talking to so many women is, and and even for myself, is labeling ourselves in a way that perpetuates something that is not serving us. So saying, you know, I'm always late. I'm I'm always running late. That's just who I am. I've always been late. I'll always be late. Or thinking, you know, I'm just a perfectionist. i am always been a perfectionist. I'll always be a perfectionist. And, and really boxing yourself in to, or I'm an unhappy mother. I'll never feel fulfilled. You know, like we all create these definitions of who we are and what our life looks like and will always look like. But what you're okay. telling people… And what I have come to know to be true by listening and being striving to be more self aware is realizing nothing is written in stone. Everything is a work in progress. And when we are willing to go there and recognize the thoughts we are thinking that are contributing to our thoughts, feelings, and ultimately our actions and results, you have complete power over your life, not control over your circumstances, but power over the way you live amidst those circumstances. So, what would you tell somebody that is struggling? With okay, they've identified a pain point. They think they're perpetually late. They're perfectionist. They're always comparing. They're super judgmental. They're they have a fear of trying something new. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. where do they start? Let's give some some people some action for what they can do yeah. today.
1: Really good question, and that is one of the other areas we work on a lot um, in my coaching program. Is is just you know, this idea that am I enough and how do I feel more confident, Mm -hmm. right? How do I feel better about who I am? And, um, especially given that everyone around me seems to be doing better. Mm -hmm. So what you just described there, Jessica, is what we call in the life coaching world, limiting beliefs, Yes, right? So beliefs about ourselves that we think are just facts. We think they're observations, even something like I'm not a morning person. Right, yes. I think it's just a fact and Uh a statement. It's not. So what I tell my clients is, listen, I'll give it to you as a circumstance if it's been diagnosed by a doctor or we could do a blood test (laughs) and get a positive or negative result. So there are things like somebody who has depression. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Depression is a real Illness that happens, a chemical imbalance or hormonal imbalance in the body, and so that is a circumstance. Like I, I have depression or anxiety or things like that, right? They can be diagnosed, but unless it's diagnosed or or I can like, so they'll say I'm just um, what was one of the ones you get? I'm a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. There's no blood test that I can give you to -hmm. say perfectionism positive (laughs) or negative, right? Which means it's, again, just a story you're telling yourself. So right. first we recognize that it's just a story that you've told yourself. And then you've believed for a long time. And then you've made it come true for yourself. And you found evidence.
0: End. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, and then we decide why does it feel useful to your brain to hold on to that story. But um, really, when, once you recognize, kind of like you said, once you recognize, wait a second, all of this is up for grabs um this is the best news ever it is. because it means that the person you were yesterday doesn't have to be the person you are tomorrow. Most people do just continue um, thinking the same thoughts over and over again and then generating the same emotion and the same actions. And that's what we call a personality. Memorized mm-hmm. thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And most of it is great, and you don't need to change 99% of it. But that one or two percent that is keeping you stuck or limiting you in some way is absolutely up for grabs. Ugh. So it's, it's just honestly the best news ever when you recognize it and you decide, what do I want to believe about myself instead that would serve me better? And then we rewire your brain that way.
0: And so for you personally, Jody, mm-hmm. since you have implemented these tools and this way of thinking into your own life, what has that done for the way that you envision your future?
1: Well, first of all, I want to be clear that I'm still a work in progress, and I think we all are. This is the kind of work that you have to keep doing over and over again. So mm-hmm. I do do this work over and over again. I do run models on my own brain, and I have my own coaches as well that help me see things I can't see. But for sure, when you talk about what has it changed about my future, my I am more excited about my future now than I've ever been, and I think about my future Hmm. I think more than I ever have, especially since having kids. When I was, you know, growing up, I think I thought about the future because I knew I was going to go to college one day and I'm going to get married and I'm going to have a family. So I kind of thought about those things. But once I reached all of those milestones, I stopped thinking about my future because I had no idea what would come next. Mm -hmm. There was nothing I was really looking forward to or excited about. (laughs) I couldn't (laughs) even picture what it would be. And so now I spend – intentionally I spend time thinking about what do I want my life to look like in 10 years? What are my goals? What am I working towards? What am I creating? And then I know that any of that is possible for me. I just have to think the thoughts that I will have in 10 years when I've accomplished those goals. What will those thoughts be? How will I feel? And if I can feel that way now and think those thoughts now – then I just close the gap on that, if you will. Yes. So I love that whole idea of living from your future self and your future emotions and your future thoughts, and then you close the gap and you create that future. It's so fun.
0: That is so fun. And one of the most valuable things that has come to my awareness through this school of thinking from you and Brooke is realizing Mm -hmm. any emotion, any thought is accessible today. In this moment, you do not have to wait until the cancer is gone. You don't have to wait until your kid is not being bullied anymore. You don't have to wait until you've made 50 billion more dollars. Right. You can feel fulfilled, happy, joyful. And it's not just, oh, I'm just going to think positive. Like you said, we're not trying to sugarcoat your life. We're trying to be realistic about the circumstances and then choose how do I want to feel about this? And so what do I need to think about it? And and I like how part of, the, part of the method is working from the front end, but then also like what you're saying, well, if you work from the back end, you say, okay, so you know, this is what I want my future to look like in 10 years. What thoughts and feelings and actions need to get me there? And then you backpedal to today. Start it. Started, and it yeah. doesn't mean you need to build a business. I mean, you've done great for yourself building this life coach um, program and helping so many people. And this has really been fulfilling for you. And that is terrific if you have entre- entrepreneurial-type goals. But if you mm-hmm. don't, if you just want to have a close-knit family, and I don't mm-hmm. say just. I should i should—I should take that out. If you want to have a close-knit family, if right. you want to feel healthy and energetic, there are certain things you need to do starting today that you can't wait 10 years for, in order to feel that in your future,
1: right? Absolutely, and recognizing that's really important, Jessica, because not only is it available right now, but the only reason we want anything that we think we want is because of how we think it will make us feel. Yes! So let's say I wanna lose 15 pounds. The reason I want to lose 15 pounds is because I think it will make me feel more confident, and more attractive, and better about my health. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, all of that is available to you right now. And if you can feel confident and attractive and healthy and view yourself as a healthy person right now, then you're much more likely to lose the 15 pounds. Right. Right, So, um, one of the things that happens, we see this, especially like in Hollywood, for example, or with celebrities is that they get everything they thought they wanted, the fame and the money and what have you. And it's a huge letdown, because they're the same person. They did, if they haven't done the, the thought work to evolve themselves along the way, then it's very disappointing to get what you want and realize, I don't feel better like I thought I would. Yes. So you want to be doing that first. And then when you get there, it's just like, yeah, this is nice. I'm proud of myself. This is fun. But it's mm-hmm. not this huge, like we think it will be this huge relief and this huge burst of positive emotion. And it's not that. You do that first along the way. And then you just get to be not even surprised when you get there, right? You <laughs> yeah. knew you were already going to get there.
0: Right. Oh, that is so, so good. This is so yeah. amazing and can really transform your entire life. And I love that it's not it doesn't have to be a New Year's resolution to start thinking this way. It can be a next-moment choice when once yeah. you really start being in the mindset of knowing how to practice this. And I feel like – both by this episode today, by listening to your podcast, Brooks' podcast, things like that, that people can really get so much free life coaching um, mm-hmm. to really j- jumpstart them to getting to become the best version of themselves. But for people that feel like, well, maybe I do need a life coach. This sounds awesome. I would love somebody to help me diagnose these things in myself um, and, and help me to, to move forward. Who do you coach? Who is your ideal person who might say yes? I want to sign up with Jody. That would really benefit me.
1: Yeah. So I, like I said, my my expertise is working with moms. Um, I'm a member of the LDS Church, and many of my clients are LDS as well. Although not all of them, that's not a requirement by any means. But I do tend to have conservative values, so I understand that part of my clients. Um, and here's what I really recommend for people. Uh, because there are a lot of people that are quote-unquote coaches in the world, and that means all kinds of things because it's not a regulated industry. And mm-hmm. so what I like to do is have people come to a free call where they can ask their question, they can post it anonymously in a chat if they want, or they can speak up. And I, I do these um just occasionally I do group calls and people can register and come and hear coaching and get some direct help and answers from me and then they kind of get a taste of does this method resonate for them mm-hmm. and is it useful so if nothing else it's free help and a free answer you know to whatever you're dealing with but then I also do explain to people on that call options for working with me further and getting more help um, if you find that it resonates. So that's really what I recommend If it, for people who are interested in kind of um, learning more about my coaching is just go to boldnewmom.com and click on the work with me link and you'll be able to sign up for whatever is this, the next upcoming group call.
0: That is a great tip. Yeah, and it has to be a fit for you. You know, this isn't yeah. necessarily for everybody. It's not necessarily where you're at in your life right this second necessarily. If you know, in your certain headspace, but if you feel like this type of work would be a benefit to you, go check it out, you know, definitely dive in and just see what it's all about and see if it's a fit because it really has been a huge, um, it's really been a huge improvement to my life knowing these, these very basic things that seem like, well, duh, this is all like very common sense. But for some reason, the subconscious is just so powerful that, even if it's common sense on the surface level, what's beneath the surface, we don't even know it's there. So how are we possibly going to dig deep if we don't even know it's there,
1: right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. we got to dig all of that out. Absolutely. It's fun though. We have fun doing it.
0: I bet. I bet. <laughs> this sounds awesome. And so I wanted to just ask one more question in terms of, my ch- of children. What would you say is one of the most important things – that I should be intentionally teaching my kids to help them most become successful adults and successful thinkers in terms of creating this type of mindset that you're speaking of that's really healthy and clear early on?
1: Mm, I love that question. I think the most helpful thing from this toolkit of tools that I offer is to teach them that they are the ones creating their own emotions and their own outcomes in life and that might seem obvious to us but we teach them incorrectly sometimes just through our language so when we say things like did that boy hurt your feelings we're teaching them that people outside of them are in charge of how they feel. And when we say, um, be nice to grandma because you don't want to make her feel bad, (laughs) then we're teaching them that you are responsible for how grandma feels. Uh And I think that's a huge problem Because our brains already think that the outside things are the problem and they're the reason why we're unhappy or not having the life we want. So I like to use even just subtle shifts in my language where I say, so that boy said that thing and then what did you think that made you feel bad?
0: Oh, right.
1: Or be nice to grandma because you are a nice girl and it feels good to be nice to people. But I try really hard not to say things that send the message that we're responsible for other people's emotions or other people are responsible for ours. And um, they're already getting that incorrect message from teachers and everyone else who just doesn't know any better, right? Sure. But I think that I try to really empower my kids. And when they say, that kid at school made me feel really bad, I say, you can feel bad if you want to, and it's understandable. I feel bad, too, when people do that. But that boy at school has no power over you. You get to decide. Wow. So that's what I would really encourage anybody listening to think about when it comes to your kids and what to offer them.
0: Gosh. And the hard thing is, this is not a consistent message that society is teaching we're taught we should do certain things that should word is huge like you know you oh you should go play with that kid you should go do this you should get a good grade you should 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 it's hard when you're the only one conveying this message to your kids do you get frustrated by that or do you feel like like you just you just do you you know if you're if you're doing your part contribute to your family by it because okay
1: that doesn't serve me at all. I sure. just know, and my kids are aware too. And, and again, my oldest is 11 and then I have a nine-year-old daughter, but they will point it out to me because oh. I'm just consistent enough about it myself or I'll I'll catch myself when I say it wrong, but I'm pretty consistent about it. And they'll tell me, my son came home the other day and said, mom, my teacher told us that um, we should listen and obey because we should, we should not make her mad. Oh. And he said, "In the back of my mind, I was thinking, we don't make you mad; you choose to be mad." And I said, "That's right." <laughs> and at the same time, he understands how to be respectful, sure. and he doesn't walk around, you know, saying that to his teacher. I'm like, "But she doesn't really understand that, or she does, but she's not thinking about that. Her brain thinks that you guys are making her mad. But because you are a respectful kid, because you're a good kid, and you want to um, do well in school, you're going to listen to her, right? And you're going to." You're gonna uh, not talk when she tells you not to talk, but you're right. She's the one making her mad. So I'm consistent wow. enough about it that they even recognize it when other the rest of the world is offering their own version of it.
0: That is incredible, Jody. Is that that it? is oh, I'm un- so proud. <laughs> I bet you are. I bet you are. Hey, have you read the Four Agreements? Yes. Oh my gosh. So it's so it's being impeccable with your word, right? Yes. And I think for people that aren't familiar with this language that you're using, it can be really hard to articulate it with our children. So that's why we practice, right? And you're not going to get it right every time, but by listening to the podcasts and, um, you know, just practicing, even if you're just trying to to focus on one aspect of your life at a time, developing the language around it so that you feel more confident in articulating it with your children or even just with yourself. There's a lot of power in that. And I don't want that language to hold people back because they feel clunky at first because I know that it's been kind of frustrating to me if I've tried to explain it to my husband before and I'm like, I feel like I just listened and I was super into it, but I'm having a hard time articulating it. He's like, but these are experts. Like you're an expert. Brooke's an expert. I, I can be an expert eventually in my own life if I work towards that, but don't worry if it feels clunky at first. Just do a little bit, do a little bit because then it will snowball.
1: Absolutely, and just noticing it in yourself yeah. when you hear yourself saying it and you just notice it you 're starting to shift it in your brain, yes and that so yeah, absolutely empowering. perfection is not the goal, yeah, uh, but just some awareness and some dialogue around it will go a long way.
0: I love it, Jody, you are doing amazing work, and I know that you 're contributing. To the value of so many people's whole lives, really. And then it trickles down to their families. And so you've got to be really encouraged by that work. Good
1: job. <laughs> thank you. I, I love am it. living a dream life right now, honestly. I do. I love it. I'm so grateful to get to work with so many people willing to do it. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for what you're doing, oh. helping us get it all out there in the world. Yeah.
0: Well, we all just do our part. Where can people find you online if they want to hook up with you?
1: Just go to BoldNewMom.com. Okay. You will find tons of free resources and anything you need to know about me there.
0: Amazing. I always ask my guests one final question, Jody, and it's what would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Oh,
1: man. I would tell my pre-motherhood self – Buckle your (laughs) seatbelt because it's a roller coaster of a ride. It's more fun and rewarding and amazing and fulfilling than anything you could possibly imagine. And it's also more challenging and overwhelming and um, testing of your own self more so than you could ever imagine. But it's totally worth it. So buckle up and go for it. That's what I would say.
0: That's a great tip. Thank you for taking the time, Jody. I have gained so much from this conversation. I know that all the listeners will too. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Have a great day. Didn't you just love Jody? What I love so much is that, yes, it gives you new ways to think about things, but then it also gives you action tips to actually implement. It, she gives you different language to use surrounding the way that we talk and think about things and the way we talk and think about those things with our children as well. I find that so helpful. So definitely head over, subscribe to Bold New Mom Podcast. Um, Like I said, I've talked a lot about the Life Coach School. She trained underneath Brooke and is one of Brooke's right-hand women now, which I just love so much. And so the Life Coach School, Bold New Mom Podcast, those are two of my top recommendations. If you're looking for avenues for personal development, and perhaps you want to take that next step and get some personal life coaching yourself. Jody would be a great choice for so many of you listeners out there. And so links to where you can find her, her website, her Instagram, everything will all be over at our website, extraordinarymomspodcast.com. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at Jessica Dalquist 3 or over on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed to the show. If you're new and you're liking what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again to canvaspeople.com for supporting this podcast, and you support the podcast by also supporting them. Like I said, if you want a free canvas, you can use the code EXTRA mom to get a free 11 by 14 canvas. This would make a great option for your own family photo with one of your new Christmas pictures or a gift for somebody for this holiday season. If you're driving and you think you're not going to remember that coupon code, head over to extraordinarymomspodcast.com, find the link in these show notes, and I will have the code there for you as well. And you can just head on over, print out that canvas, have it delivered to your home. You'll be so glad that you did. So thanks for tuning into the podcast. We have a new episode coming out this Friday and another incredible episode next Tuesday with a guest. I'm so excited about, Nicole Nordeman has long been one of my favorite Christian singers. She has a new book out called Slow Down, which has anecdotes from various authors. And that book goes along with the song Slow Down that went viral, featuring footage from her children's childhood. Every mother got a hold of that video, I think it was like a year ago, just started weeping immediately. <laughs> we we're just all hugging our babies, but we talk about that and so much more on the podcast next week. So there's a lot to look forward to. In addition, I'm looking for new guests for season Three? I was about to say season two, but no, that's what we're in. So season three will launch um, this coming January. I already have some amazing guests lined up. But if you are an extraordinary mom or you know somebody that has an extraordinary story, will you email me? Jessica at com. This is what I'm looking for. I'm not just looking for the people with big followings or businesses or that they're looking to sell something. I'm looking for extraordinary women with extraordinary journeys that they have endured well. They have gone through challenges and they have learned lessons that all of us can benefit hearing. Those are the types of women that I am looking for. I'm additionally glad to hear from women that all of us maybe have heard their name or have respected from afar as well. Um, I think that helps bring awareness to the podcast and helps more people to hear about the show. But I love, love, love intertwining those stories of everyday women and being able to give a platform for their voice and their stories. That means so much to me. So do not hesitate to email me. I would love to hear from you. And um, yeah, Thank you. Thank you for making those recommendations for me. I only know so many people. (laughs) And I know you guys know a lot of people. So we can all be in this together. Thanks for tuning into the podcast this week. And we'll see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.